Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here for a special election night version of the NHL Daily Fantasy Podcast. Um, DJ, the Morning Skate Pod is tackling politics. I know, just kidding. It is the election day uh, special, though, in the NHL streets. Uh, 100k to first, 500k prize pool in this $444 uh, contest. Uh, big, big, big prizes down the board, though. Um, you noted that the five dollar was ten k to first. Um, there's a big twenty dollar um, contest as well. So, how are you feeling headed into this ten game slate on Tuesday? Yeah, honestly, I didn't even think about that, and it's right on some of the contests, like you're saying. But yeah, that's that's funny. They're just like it's election night, gamble more. It's like that's not correlated at all. But all right, I'm in. Well, um, there's a reason it's correlated. It's because the NBA social activism uh, gives the teams the night off oh. so they can turn their so they turn their courts and areas into voting booths, basically. Um, Interesting. It's like a get out the vote initiative. So the I, NBA is okay, not playing. Well. That's why these contests are juice because all the degenerates uh, need something to gamble on. On that Tuesday. is that is actually really fun. I, I again, I I watched like exactly thirty to thirty five basketball games a year. I'm missing first Bonaventure game though to do this podcast and I have hockey tonight. Um, and that's it. So uh knowing the NBA schedule is not on my radar, but yeah, hopefully my voice is good and survives this podcast. It might sound a little raspy. I was a very good boy this weekend. I went to my friend's birthday and just had like a two, three drinks. I think it was three after three hours. And the first bar was really loud and just talking to people somehow has affected me enough to where my voice sounds a little bit out of the norm, but you know what? We're going to power through obviously and get to it. But other than that, I mean, I made a decent clip over the weekend on a few things. One thing that I, I forgot to post, it was a, a nice tilt slip and I immediately donated most of it right back to the NFL um, in very tilting fashion. So yeah, that's pretty much it for me. How about you? Um, yeah, I feel like I had a couple of good days. Uh, I think honestly, I might've had three good days in a row, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but, uh, Sunday was just a bloodbath. You know, when you lose every slate of NFL and the NHL slate after a bit of a heater, uh, you, you, you're feeling pretty weak on Monday. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see how the Monday slate goes, but in any case, um, I'm still waiting on the qualifier to drop for this uh, Tuesday slate. I don't know whether it'll be the 1K qualifier or the 400 or, you know, something smaller like the 25 or 120 or something like that. Like there's so many qualifiers that it could be, I guess. Um, and I think I have a ticket for all of them. So, um, but we'll see when it gets posted, what, what dollar buy-in it is and whether I'll be in that, but I'll definitely be in the 444 and hopefully uh, $100,000 richer come uh, Tuesday night. So, um. Let's move from there uh, into the uh, into the slate, uh, the Thursday slate. You know, I, I don't know if it's worth recapping because there's our last last podcast we did. But for some reason, people really took it upon themselves to remind me that I said that San Jose might be a relevant daily fantasy team, um, which then proceeded to give up 20 goals over two games and score only three. Um, but it was all their top line doing all the stuff. So I feel a little bit vindicated. Um, we'll talk about San Jose toward the end of this slate. Yeah. But yes, they are on at this uh, Tuesday night slate as the 1030 late hammer against Philadelphia. So keep that in mind. Uh, we have some news to discuss for Philly. 
Uh, obviously, some stuff to discuss on the San Jose San Jose end of things after getting colossally embarrassed um, twice in a row. Um, so, so this like honestly is shaping up to be pretty interesting. Uh, but any any you know off the top thoughts you want to share? No, no, it, it was really funny because I I mentioned that as well to you. Like it, just because again, like it is hilarious that we and I kind of like had to agree a little bit. Like it actually felt like going into these past two games where they've given up twenty goals. Um, it kind of did feel like they might be looking a little bit better, like trending the right way and, and trending the right way. Doesn't always mean that they're going to continue to trend the right way um, as they gave up 20 goals. But definitely I, I tweeted about it too. Like there's DFS relevance here. Like Duclair didn't quite break the slate in one of those two games, but man, was he ever important and definitely could have won you a top GPP prize. So we'll get to it, but we can go right through the games. Do you want me to try to try to rattle through them quickly? Oh uh, yeah, you go for it. I'm setting up the uh, the Excel sheet because I didn't set that up before we started. That's a good point. So um, also, I will stream tomorrow. Uh, I should be fine. I'm, I'm not really that worried about my voice. I'm not going to be yelling too much between now and then. And new puck luck stuff coming, and it's really exciting. Uh, maybe we'll touch on it at the end. Let's let's get into the games. We have Buffalo at Carolina. Um, you know, Sabers looking. <clears throat> Uh, kind of, I guess, like back to normal other than Cousins will very, very likely miss. He didn't practice, but it's the top line again. Skinner, Tuck, Thompson, um, Bunting was a bit of a question mark for Carolina. He seems to be fine, but we'll get to the Lions and everything. They are kind of running into a bit of a problem as their defensemen come back of too many. Uh, but again, we'll get to all that. Tampa is going to be on a back-to-back, a road back-to-back. Uh, they're, I believe, tied right now with Toronto one-to-one, and they're taking on Montreal. Um, Tyler Mont came back for Tampa, now that, that matters. And Harvey Menard, Pinard is probably out for Montreal. He skated for like five minutes in practice and got off. Not a good sign. Detroit, uh, we talked about it before, and it, I didn't really think much of Larkin missing practice. Kind of seemed like it's maintenance, and we do expect him to play but did miss practice. And it actually sounds like it was upper body related, probably nothing to be too concerned about. Um, Raymond up on that top power play still with Goss of spare, basically most cider demoted to the second unit, thus indicating him not being as relevant, but yeah. So Raymond, as we talked about, like, I love this guy, but man, the power play is really where they get all their juice. He's up on that top unit with his line mates, the Rangers move Wheeler to the top line. So they're irrelevant now. Good job by the Rangers there. And we'll go through the rest of their lineup when we get to it. Minnesota, uh, we're on Spurgeon watch. This is the first game he can return for. He's going on the road trip, but we are not sure if he's playing and he did not practice on Monday. The Islanders were without Bo Horvat in practice. So keep an eye on that. He seems like a game time decision as well as Mayfield and as well as Pellick, if I recall correctly. But we'll get to that. We'll double check, check our work. Um, Winnipeg didn't get much news and notes. They're playing the St. Louis Blues in St. Louis. I think this is a rematch of didn't I think this was like Saturday or something, the same game. Um, blues, they, everything kind of seemed to be pretty normal for both teams. I don't recall any news or notes there. Nashville at the Flames, um, a little bit of a you know bottom six shakeup in Nashville, but nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, Calgary will be without Mangiapani, who is suspended for one game. Dylan Dubé back in the lineup on the top line. Rizika also returning, but looks like he's on the fourth line for the Flames. Seattle moves up Yamamoto to play with Beneers and back with McCann. We're going back to the normal Gord, Tolvanen, and Bjorkstrand. Um, second line is like Eberle, Wenberg, and Schwartz. They're playing Arizona. Um, well, you know, Arizona is probably what we expected. Uh, Zucker was practicing, but still not likely to come back. Um, Kraus also did practice. I know he missed some time in the last game. New Jersey is playing at the Colorado Avalanche. New Jersey will not have jack hughes i also think this is like a stanley cup remembrance or like a i don't know what's going on but like colorado had like all of their hall of famers at like after practice skating i don't know what was up with that so might be like a ceremonial game so keep an eye on that not that that really matters but um it is a thing drewen back on the top line with mckinnon and rantanen um hasn't worked before but hey let's try it again and a lot of change up through the devils um they moved mcleod Hold on, I'm actually I'm gonna have to pull this up because you know what? We're just gonna get to that game. That, that there's so many changes because they played one game without Jack Hughes, and it seemed like everything went into the blender the entire game, and they beat the Blackhawks, and now they've settled upon something. So we'll just get to it when we get to it. Pittsburgh is at Anaheim. Um, Carter continues to sit. Anaheim continues to be, I guess, the best team in the league. Nothing on Leo Carlson for this game, but always keep an eye out for that. And if we don't know. 
and you're considering playing Anaheim and you know, it's a pretty high total, et cetera. Just always, always have to keep an eye on that kind of feels like two years ago through pay hints level, although not injury related, we really don't know until we know for sure. Some nights with Leo Carlson. And finally the flyers at the uh, windless San Jose sharks, the flyers put Tippett, frost and connecting together. Very interesting. I'm sure that's going to be of note for many people because that sounds like they're kind of putting together their two best scoring forwards, which is a lot of fun. Um, and the Sharks made a, a bunch of changes to the power play. And I think a little bit the five on five that we're going to cover. But again, um, nothing absolutely out of this world there. I feel like I'm missing yeah. a couple of things. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a break. Um, I'll, I'll let you rest your voice there. Um, <clears throat> but no, just funny. Uh, yeah, they, they gave up 20 goals, but you know, they made some tweaks to the power play. So, so Quinn's, uh, Quinn's addressing it. Don't, don't you worry guys. Um, but yeah, uh, on the, uh, Pittsburgh, well, in the Anaheim front, they don't play again till Friday. So I think we're safe on Leo Carlson watch. They've run into a pretty brutal stretch uh, starting Friday. They play uh, five games in eight days. So guessing uh, we are safe for Tuesday night uh, Leo Carlson action. We'll talk about some of the Ducks changes that they made uh, on their way to beating the uh, prior undefeated Vegas Golden Knights. Um you know, fortunately, I don't have to, uh, you know, back down to anyone uh, because Vegas is not on this Tuesday slate. But um, it, it's been a fun little side plot in the Discord at, at this point in time. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think you covered most uh, most of the important stuff here. Nothing that I really want to leap in and uh, windmill in or anything like that. So uh, already, as we're recording, Tampa one has another two point night. Uh, you know, it's seven minutes into the first period so who knows what this will result in um but with them playing montreal uh clearly if they're coming in hot uh they, they could make a lot of sense for your daily fantasy lineups but let's get things started with buffalo and carolina um kind of an odd uh discovery from freddie anderson blood clots um it means ronta's the likely starter here but keep an eye on things because they theoretically could have a goalie not in the DraftKings pool or that gets added at a later point. You know, this isn't the NFL, so they don't tend to do that. But, you know, if uh, I don't even remember who they did, they signed Halak. I think they yeah. signed Halak to be the okay. backup. So, yeah. And they like, called up uh, Gorchek off. So, OK, so uh, in any case, if it's not Ron to starting, just make sure that that guy's not in the player pool. Uh, it's maybe on FanDuel, for instance, uh, you might get a minimum salary goalie if that's the case. Um, but, you know, hoping Freddie is going to make a full recovery. Uh, speaking of goalies that aren't, aren't getting the full workload, uh, Devin Levi has basically been confirmed to be in a split with uh, UPL. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really know how much interest we have in any Buffalo player on this side of a matchup, but when you consider no. the pricing in that, that that's obviously, uh, you know, punt goalies against Carolina can sometimes get there even when they lose. So um, with Cousins out, I think the main area of interest is Casey Middlestat. Um, do we have his five-on-five linemates actively available? If Because yep. I think it's Paterka. Um, yep, yep, and Greenway. Yeah, and Paterka has been incredible from a PFS standpoint. I mean, he's shooting a ton. He's actively involved on the second unit of the power play. So he and Middlestad aren't necessarily correlated, but I don't think you're going to spend the 20K that you need to, 2021, 22K to fit in Buffalo 1 here. Uh, they are reunited, like you said. Um, but you could get away with, I think, a 7K middle stat Paterka combination and get some exposure to that top power play and also just get two really good players at really good prices that likely will not last if Cousins were to miss any extended period of time. Um, but anyone else in this uh, Buffalo side interest you? Uh, you know, is Ryan Johnson the, the next <laughs> big thing? I honestly think that he should never leave the lineup again. He played eight minutes, but my God, he looked, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. he looked, he looked like an NHLer. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, you largely covered it. I would say the other note on all of this, what you're saying right now is that they were 11 and seven, which is why like Johnson and Bryson got such little run there. Um, you know, in a game they were winning, of course, you know, you kind of get maybe a little bit more Eric Johnson, Clifton power, et cetera. Um, yeah. Buffalo, they, if they do that again, though, I mean, it really gave even more run Middlestad, Skinner, Paterka, Tuck, T like, those guys were out there. It seemed like all night, um, could be a game they're trailing, yeah. who knows for sure. But yeah, definitely exciting uh, to see Buffalo get back on track. But every time it feels like they're turning the corner, they punch me right in the teeth. So 
yep. is what it is. I I also uh, realize this is Carolina. This is not this is not a, a cupcake matchup at all. Yeah, and Carolina is getting healthier. They are getting back to I guess normal would be the right way to put it. Although Sveshnikov wasn't on that top power play last game, which was a little bit of a surprise to me against the Islanders. It was still Aho, Jarvis, D'Angelo, Tara Vinen, and Nachos. We uh. Let me, I have the lines, but I feel like I've read today that Pesci, like, regardless, could be returning um, as well. Mm. Let me just, I thought he was like really close. Oh, I guess they didn't tweet about it directly. Okay, never mind. So yeah, I didn't know. see anything. Um, but I mean, it's getting up into two weeks. So I guess theoretically yeah. it's possible. It's, it's uh, getting, yeah, close. he was no, he was no contact today. So that's okay. Meaning it's unlikely. Uh, I think defensively in this game, Connor Clifton's an interesting option. Twenty five hundred, um, just the guy who you're hoping eats three pucks, and you know that that's that. But he's going to play minutes. It's against Carolina. You know the drill. Um, I think on the Carolina side, you're really pretty limited with this Svechnikov uh, news. Like I just don't really uh, like Jack Jury at the minimum is is kind of interesting playing alongside um nature's but we just haven't seen the minutes for jury uh now that the stall line is technically their fourth line like they're still gonna play shutdown minutes like stall's gonna play 15 to 16 minutes a night at least in almost every situation um but if you're really looking for some mme churn i think jury with his line mates um uh it's relatively interesting. I think I mentioned this last podcast, but Jury actually does have some stellar underlyings and the fact that he's getting good players to play with. Um, and those good players are getting top power play run. Um, is you know, it's, it's, it's okay in my book, I think, but, uh, anything else you want to cover before we head to Tampa? No, let's move on. Not my favorite game by any stretch. Uh, Tampa back to back, you kind of covered it point and Kucherov like continue to be point and Kucherov. Um, they're off and running tonight and they're playing Montreal. So it sets up to be a really good matchup. Uh, are we starting to maybe change our tune? Uh, as you mentioned, like this Tampa shit isn't going to last forever where they're giving up a ton of Corsi against and looking like defensive, you know, duds. Are we officially feeling like that's coming to fruition or is there still anything left on a back-to-back for Montreal in this matchup that probably doesn't get piled on much? Um, yeah, the main problem is is that Cole Caulfield's up to 7K. You know, this is a guy who opened the season at 4,200. Um, you know, a week later, it was 5,700. So we're just paying a continually higher price for Cole Caulfield. And I never like to be on the, the brunt. I, I never like to be on the bad end of those trends when it's a matchup that I'm not really bullish about. And, you know, to, to be quite honest, Tampa is still a team I'm not looking to target in uh, many facets. So... Um, to me, it's a no on the Montreal side. There are some interesting bits that we can talk about. You know, you mentioned the Harvey Pernard looks to remain out while well, Sofkowski showed up and uh, played 18 minutes, you know, power play two still, but had four shots and scored his first uh, first goal of the year. So it wasn't his first NHL goal, right? No. Okay. No way. It can't be. He played like 100 games last year. Yeah, I, I know. But uh yeah, yeah, I think he would have been off to a, an award-winning beginning to his career, but I can't imagine that to be true. <laughs> yeah. Five, uh, five whatever. career goals. Five career goals. Okay. So, yeah, that was the subject of much consternation. Um, but, you know, as long as he sticks on that top line, he's he's uh, a, a premium, in, you know, he's, he's a player that is highly interesting. Um, and it does serve to offset some of the price that I mentioned from Cole Caulfield. So if I were playing Montreal, I would definitely be just hoping that this is the uh, introduction of Slavkovsky being a productive NHLer, um, because his role is pretty safe. You know, without Harvey Pinard in the lineup, they really like how Pearson, Monahan, Gallagher are playing. Um, and you know, Dvorak came back, so like theoretically there's going to be a good center for Slavkovsky regardless like he's not going to be playing with you know Joel Armia and Jake Evans or whatever um I think he's pretty rock solid in the top six for Montreal but the Tampa side is obviously far more interesting um you know I don't really think there's much to add to this conversation like I mean uh Tampa is so top heavy um 
the, the lineup looks like it should be pretty standard. Kudrov, Point, Hagel, um, and Stamkos, Paul on the second line. So not quite a fully correlated top power play or anything, but you know, find the money for Point, Kudrov, or spend down for Paul Stamkos. I'm thoroughly in the, the first bucket. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Nick Paul's a cheap way to get top power play exposure. He's the sort of, you know, banger that could get you two goals on three shots. And, you know, hey, 23 points is not bad. Um, so, here, 21 and a half, whatever. whatever. Um, so, let's, you know, and anything else there? Like, any depth I mean, pieces or any movement nah. lines-wise that interests you? Like, Barry Boulay is kind of dead now. Yeah, no, everything's pretty much dead. I just, that Slavkovsky, Suzuki, Caulfield line against uh, St. Louis had 20 shot attempts which it was St. Louis and not Tampa Bay, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty yeah. good number. Um, obviously they played really well together and they lost six to three in that game. So again, maybe they were just shooting from anywhere, but I am keeping a pretty keen eye on that. Like there's three players in this league that have outshot uh, Cole Caulfield as far as shot attempts per game are concerned. And that's, yeah, you know, that's... McKinnon, Pasternak, and Ovechkin. So it's, it's not like I think Cole Caulfield is overpriced. I just don't know if this is the matchup. I'm, you know, you know, maybe, maybe not, but I think if you do play Cole Caulfield, there's such easy, good correlation. And Nick Suzuki is a part of that. Like he is shooting as well. So um, not, not planning on playing it entirely right now, but definitely interesting. And we can move over to the wild and the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, Kucherov just scored his uh, second goal of the game and his third point in the first period with eight minutes to go still. So uh, yeah. Uh, Kucherov good. Some are saying maybe. The, the Kucherov train is rolling into the station as we are live on this Just podcast. One more shot on goal and he'll be my favorite of the day. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, Minnesota top line, Marco Rossi here heads into uh, the uh, heads into Long Island. Um, Rossi, Boldy, Kaprizov were the uh, flavor of the day on uh, Saturday night. They came through kind of, I mean, th- there was a really odd game, but I mean, playing 22, 23, I think Kaprizov hit 24 minutes uh, in that game. Like that first line was absolutely everything for Minnesota. Um, the matchup is obviously not the most, uh, you know, stellar. Um, but, you know, if you peek into some underlines, the Islanders have not been good defensively. It's just been, you know, unreal goaltending kind of bailing them out um, for most of the season. So I think the Minnesota top line is of premium interest here. Like, there's yeah. no defenseman okay. you're worried about. We, we mentioned Spurgeon could be back, but you know there's five forwards on the top power plays. So those three dudes should all just be uh, jammed in, I think, together. Like there's really no sense to split them or anything. You're still getting good values. Um, but how do you feel about Minnesota here? Yeah, I mean, they were honestly pretty world-beating in that game against the Rangers, and they took it to a shootout and won. Uh, you know, expected goals, Minnesota 5.1 to 1.4 for the Rangers. Um, that's pretty freaking good, especially with how much I respect the Rangers defensively. And it all came from really, you know, you can include Erickson Eck in the, in the mix. He did score, you know, Hartman and Zuccarello were involved, but that top line seems ripening for an absolute explosion. I'm in, I think it's one of my favorite stacks of the night. I think the Islanders are fun. There's obvious ways that you could also play the other side a little bit, you know, if Horvath's not in Brock Nelson, 6k. He's probably going to be playing with like Barzal or whoever. Like I can't imagine it's going to be, you know, too difficult. So this is an interesting game for sure. And if Sorokin's in, which I think is maybe even confirmed already, I think that's all the more reason that people are just going to talk themselves off of the wild. They're going to say, whatever Islanders are the Islanders, the goaltending is the goaltending. I think the casuals will be off of it. And, and the math is, I think pretty largely leaning towards Minnesota being a pretty solid play here. So Count me in. So if uh, if Bar or if Horvat misses, the lines should be Anders Lee, Barzell, Wallstrom, Engvall, Nelson, Palmieri. Um, that's okay. pretty fun. It looks like Pelic is back as well. Um, yeah, he. Not they, but they seeing... they fed day to day. They said day to day. I can find the tweet really quick of for exactly... Pelic. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, because he was on the ice, I think that he's. Yeah. You know. I think he's more likely that he plays. Um, but yeah, and Mayfield had a maintenance missed. day. So, yep. you know, whoever comes out, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's, 
Uh, I, I mean, honestly, like Pelic being back is kind of a big deal. Um, you know, uh, Bo Horvat's a, a good player, but he's not necessarily a defensive wizard. So um, I'm a little torn. Like, I, I think Wallstrom would be a very good play. Um, in situation, you know, you can just play Barzell Wallstrom if you want. Maybe, not, honestly, at 4K, you could honestly just play all three, but they're wings, so it's, it's a little difficult. Um, but... I, I just I don't know if I can buy that Minnesota is like this jam it in type uh, option given the options we have later on in the slate. Um, but, you know, it's definitely high in my consideration uh, for, for right now. So um, and the good thing about Minnesota is that I don't think you need to worry about like Zuccarello or Joel Erickson Eck because they're like just as expensive as Matt Boldy. And like, it's pretty clear to me that if Minnesota's clicking that Matt Boldy is the guy they want, you know, getting uh, fed by Kaprizov. So it's not yep. even like the power plays that much of like a funnel toward a different player, not included in those three. Like they, they just seem to be the most involved and the, the best options. So keeping yeah. an eye out if, if Bo Horvath's out, uh, Wallstrom is a great punt at 2,600. Um, but, you know, it does seem like the Islanders will be at full strength defensively heading into this game, which they have not been able to say all year long uh, to this point. Uh, Detroit at the Rangers. Uh, you covered the Blake Wheeler top line, uh, another 2,600 uh, top line player. Um, Stupid. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so uh, you know, Blake Wheeler or Oliver Wallstrom DJ, because the, you know, the, the question seems obvious, but like, honestly, I, I I don't know. I've seen so much fuckery with uh, <clears throat> Wallstrom that, like, you know, if Wheeler's on the top line, we haven't seen that yet. So, like, theoretically, you know, 15, 16, 17 minutes is in play, and I just don't think that's true for many other yep. punt options on this slate. Yeah, Blake Wheeler gets his first assist of the season, his first point of the year, you know, got to immediately promote him to the top line. I get it. Um, yeah, this Rangers team is just, I don't know, I... I would just go it through the tro track line. Um, that's where Panarin is. I just, I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's a good point. If you're literally saying, who are you playing? Wallstrom or Wheeler? If there's no, you know, Horvat, and I think Wallstrom actually has a pretty decent role. I, you know, I'm just including him in that game stack. Uh, but I'm also just looking at Trocek and Panarin and Lafreniere and saying that that's actually a good line. And, that um I yeah I I don't know and I'm very biased and I think Blake Wheeler is bad and I've been proven right so far so am I really gonna stop here um no I I, I do actually like the Trocheck line a lot I think it's pretty freaking affordable um is it the you know the best matchup in the world I think it's better than probably most assume and I'm fine with uh you know forty five hundred dollars for Trocheck with Panera and just it's kind of something about it rings right to me um. I know Trotrek, the points haven't really followed, but the minutes have been there. He's, you know, involved uh, on both sides of the ice. And again, I'm going to say it for the last time, but he's playing with Artemi Panarin. Um, yeah, that that does it. So that's where I'm looking. And I think Lafreniere is actually good at hockey. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the main fly in the ointment there is Philip Heedle was Panarin's center when Panarin was smashing. I mean, he has smashed so far this year, even against Minnesota. He had four shots, a goal and an assist. So... Um, it's a matter of, you know, can Panarin keep this going with Trocek at center? My guess is he can, you know, he did it all of last year too. Um, but you know, that there is a little something to be said, uh, for that, but maybe that's, uh, off offset by the fact that now Panarin actually gets a power play mate in his full line stack. Um, so I do agree. You know, I think the second line is a very good option. Um, I would be perfectly fine to, uh, layer in, uh, Gustafson over Lafreniere in your stack, you know, make that a three man Gustafson with no Adam Fox has taken over the top power play. Uh, we know that whenever Gustafson is in a featured role, he's a very solid DFS option. For some reason on the slate, he's priced at only 3,600 coming off of a 20 pointer on Saturday. Um, so yeah, that that's what I would do personally. Um, and something I was keeping an eye on, Jacob Chuba played 26 minutes without Adam Fox. Uh, he was averaging roughly 21 before that. Um, so, you know, it was an overtime game. It was obviously kind of crazy in that there was a huge comeback and whatever else. Um, but something to keep an eye on because anytime you're getting a defender at 5K for 26 plus minutes with the rates that Chuba has, he's a double bonus candidate. 
um, which, you know, gets you a lot of fantasy points, even if he's not racking up points the way Eric Gustafson could. So uh, Detroit side, did, did you cover the full power play stuff yet? Or, I'm yeah, I mean, I, the, with what we talked. Okay. Yeah, Raymond's up on the top unit. Uh, Gossus Bear, cool. Perron, Larkin, Debrinket. So full yep. first line plus Perron plus Gossus Bear, Gossus Bear in a, you know, if they continue this 11 and 7, which worked against Boston, he only saw 16 minutes, power play one, kind of hurts his relevance. Again, Lucas Raymond yeah, has I'm, gotta be underpriced, but yeah, what yeah, they had Cider manning the point on the like, you know, and because uh Gossespair was like taking shots from the right flank uh, on their prior power play unit. So I'm a little worried about that myself. Um, just you know, he wasn't showing a big shot floor anyway, and now he's less likely to shoot. Um yeah. I'm not that interested in forty nine hundred. Um no. But you're talking does... about Gossespair, right? Yes, and it does raise the profile of a guy like Raymond for sure. So let's move on. Um, to the Winnipeg. next game? Okay, yep. yeah, okay, sure. Yep. Uh, Winnipeg, St. Louis. Uh, well, I should say with that last game, obviously keep an eye out for Larkin. If he plays, you know, that that's a big deal. If he doesn't play, there could be uh, some value in these lower-end Detroit pieces because their most expensive center other than Larkin is JT Comfort at 3700 So, uh, all right, anyway. Winnipeg, St. Louis. Um, we saw St. Louis kind of come back to life, uh, knocking off New Jersey. Uh, that was, you know, they, they had Jack Hughes technically for part of that game. And then, you know, Montreal's kind of hapless. But, hey, they scored 10 goals. Um, looks like things are a bit back on the right track. Um, their prices still don't really reflect a team that is capable of scoring goals so if you're a believer in that the blues can keep this going uh, especially against what i think is a weak defensive winnipeg team um this is going to be an enticing spot if only because of the value that you're getting uh, for your dollars here so uh starting off with jordan Cairo at 6500 um but you know also robert thomas at 4400 kevin hayes at 3200 um, these are just players that over the long term have been point producers and theoretically have that sort of three point upside in this matchup. Uh, so DJ, you know, all three of those players, however, are on separate lines as of uh, this moment. So do you have a preferred way to go with the St. Louis and how you would stack them? Yeah, no, they don't make it easy on you. Um, I I think it just, I'd go through Cairo um, no matter what it, okay. it's, it's, just, it's Jordan Cairo for me. And I mean, I, I know last game it's really easy to, just put on the running shoes because I think he had 38 DraftKings points or something in, in that uh, ballpark, nine shots on goal, three points, just absolutely roasted our, our poor friends in Montreal. Um, Shannon Saad is not my favorite. Like I just wish he was with Busnevich. They didn't have a single power play, so nothing there, but their beat reporters are pretty good. Just kind of look through, you'll find something. Um yeah, I, I just don't know if I really I, I just don't see myself playing this game. And I've convinced myself multiple times to go back to Winnipeg. It's gonna happen one day. I'm I'm sure they win a slate. Like I'm sure it happens. Like one day Kyle Connor scoring a hat trick this year. I bet he scores one. It could be tomorrow, but it's only tomorrow if I don't play it. There's no way I'm getting Kyle Connor right at this point. Um yeah. It's like I love Ehlers too. I think they're in a really good matchup. Like, I don't think St. Louis is very good defensively, and that's been proven largely correct. Maybe they're a little bit better than their beginning of the season run, but uh, not great. And I could find a scenario where I could, like, conceive of a lineup that includes a piece or two from Winnipeg. I, I just, I think what it really comes down to, and like, I'm just not like saying it the right way, is I just don't think you need to go like four guys on Winnipeg, like, and you're going to ever, maybe not ever get there, but like, I don't know. I just don't think I'm overstacking either side because on one side it's ugly. On the other side, it's a little bit easier to see. And I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I just hate this game. I'm fairly certain that the uh, jets come in with some decent looking ownership, which is part of my hesitation. Um, now, maybe the fact that Kyle Connor's 7,600 kind of keeps some people away. Um, but uh, St. Louis has been a team that, players are stacking against you know uh so that's sort of where i'm uh, coming in here i'll keep an eye on ownership obviously uh, you know kyle connor at three percent owned is uh, a viable play regardless of how good or bad i think that the winnipeg jets are as a whole um 
but just because of the value that St. Louis gives you, and I just don't think people are going to get there, especially, you know, because every time you're looking at a stack on the slate, do you consider, is there a Philadelphia stack that is of a similar cost? Because guess what? People are going to line up around the block to play Philadelphia. Um, and so that's sort of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that, you know, the the Thomas Spushnevich line sort of loses ownership to the uh, Frost, Tippett, Konechny line. I think Cairo also sort of uh, loses ownership to Konechny. Um, and then you look further down the board, like, you know, the Shen, uh, or sorry, the Hayes-Vrana stuff. I mean, there is a Cam Atkinson uh, stack out there that's of a similar price tag, Bobby Brink. You know, guys like that will take ownership away from the mid-tier just as a whole. Um, and so it allows you to play a team that I think has good upside um, that is not necessarily going to, uh, you know, catch ownership. Therefore, you can stack teams that are going to be popular, like Tampa, like uh you know, theoretically Minnesota, I'm not really sure where ownership will wind up, but um, just, you know, the it plays of the slate, you you can be a bit creative and spend up for guys, um, you know, when you stack St. Louis. So that's why I like them. Um, I personally would go with Robert Thomas Bushnevich, I think. Um, and the, the third guy there is Kasperi Kapanen, who has also been uh, very good. I mean, just... 3,700. He's uh, got a really good run of form coming in, shooting a lot, playing a ton of minutes. I mean, he's even killing penalties for this team. So I think there's a chance that this full line can get there and they combine to cost you like twelve, thirteen thousand dollars All right. Um, yeah. Ehlers wasn't on the top power play last game. I guess of note, it, he only had 13 minutes and it was um, Perfetti on the top unit. Uh, did did You mean friend... to tell me that they're not playing Nick Ehlers enough? Wow. Yeah, did, did Nick Ehlers have a primary assist on the power play goal to Nino Niederreiter? Of course he did. Is he a yeah. great player in the NHL? Of course he is. Are he going to play? Kutrov has his fourth point in the first period. <laughs> I mean, he hit, but he hit the... I, I guess I should have bet him for four points. I bet him for four shots. He gets there. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so just stupid. Did you okay. play Kucherov tonight? Wait, wait no, I didn't. Move. No, I didn't. It's uh, I don't. I mean, well, I only Forsling, have eyes, and he has a goal, yeah. so it's fine. Forsling and Kucherov, all of the money already. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. We can, we can we can move on to whatever the game's next. Sure. Seattle, Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah. This this it's one's not... interesting. Oh wow. Okay. It's, it is think... interesting. You think Seattle Arizona is a better game than Winnipeg St. Louis for DFS? No, uh, no, 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 no. I do wonder about this 2600 Kyler Yamamoto character, though, on the top line. Talked about $2,600 players. If you want a guy that could also get a zero, why is Kyler Yamamoto not being included yeah, I'm... on your, your top line $2,600 list? Okay, I am definitely playing Blake Wheeler over Yamamoto if it comes down to Why it. do you hate Yamamoto? What did he do to you? Um, because he's terrible and has never he's been good. He's going to be on a power play, though. And like, so is Blake Wheeler. And Blake Wheeler, at least in his career, has shown yeah, a but, tendency to shoot. Like, yes, like, he's dust now, but like Yamamoto does not shoot. Like, okay. The, the okay. ship has sailed. I will give you the oh. fact he doesn't shoot, but they like Blake Wheeler. The other thing see- is. 14 I also seconds of power play run. I just don't think Manny Beniers is that special. Like he's not a like I don't think he's a star NHL player. I don't even think he's necessarily going to track to be one. Um and I think Zabinajad and Kreider are just eons above what Matty Beniers ever will be. And that's, you know, I, I'm not a prospect guy. I'm not a, you know, I don't have models that are churning out, oh, this player did this. But like just watching Beniers play, looking at his college numbers, like I just don't see someone in here who's special. And so, uh, you know, I, I think Jared McCann made himself. And that's really. Uh, yeah, but like, that's for Yamamoto. I don't know. Honestly, I, yeah, I'm not arguing like, that. I'm really not arguing too much here because I do kind of agree this game is a little bit stinky. Um, so. But. I, I again 2600 game about we, we can't not mention it talk about it for a minute um, I mean sure that's fine um all right so yeah yeah anything the, else here I mean I so Lawson Kraus yeah yeah lot I mean so the the Kraus line could I mean continues to produce uh he took an odd looking shoulder separation looking injury he, he uh, last practiced. game but he's back yeah so yeah um that line is very much in play again Kraus sub 4k um 
uh Bukestad 3500 Michelli is 3800 yeah just friends for Pete um that line has very good upside Bukestad and Kraus are getting power play and PK time uh for some reason Bukestad's on a five game point streak or sorry a 16 point streak but has not scored in his last five so like I don't mm-hmm. know what to make of that he's obviously a bit older than he was when he was putting up his really solid rate numbers but the shots haven't been there um maybe kraus is just stealing them i don't know but i think there's a bit more meat left to the bukestad bone but uh kraus is going to be popular he's just a great rates player he's going to get great minutes um and he's been productive so not expecting to sneak that one by anybody uh cooley possibly on the top line um our helpful friend uh uh freaking craig morgan was at practice you know he was like oh look these guys are at practice but guess what we don't have uh lines so yep. i'm guessing they keep cooley on the top line like uh barrett hayton still doesn't have a point at some point like yeah at some point you're gonna lose your job if uh, you don't have a single point um and so yeah i, I think cooley's gonna be top line center with keller and schmaltz so that's interesting especially if daily face off and those sites don't have them like in their optimizers um but to me that's not something i'm chasing because you know i'm, I'm not paying 4600 for logan cooley in any situation yeah that, that that is the answer i was like waiting for you to say that quiet part out loud and that was it um yeah not a ton of interest in this game but i'll just i guess like you know, I, I could consider playing McCann. I mean, he only had 11 minutes last game. It looks like he they got, that line got caved in, and now they're making a change. And, like, I, there's just cheap ways to get him in. I feel like um, I don't think he'll be on a power play with Yamamoto or Beneers, though. Kind of hurts it. But, yeah, let's move over. Nashville and the Calgary Flames. Um, hmm. Like, is it time? Like, I'm actually I'm, – I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm thinking about buying on uh, on the Flames here. Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, we're we're just playing the yo-yo of uh, like you know a week ago, Jonathan Huberto was fifty six hundred, and we're like, dude, why was this guy like? Oh my god, we now he's back to forty six hundred. Like, you do not need a multi point night for Jonathan Huberto to pay off at forty six hundred. Yeah, it'd be nice, you know that that's how you win tournaments. But guess what? If you have the stack you needed, and Huberto at forty six hundred gets twelve, and his line mate scores twice and gets you know twenty something. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's going to work for you. Um, so Calgary is definitely in a good spot here. Nashville has yeah. been a pretty up-tempo uh, most games so far this season. Um, and so uh, Calgary has not been putting the puck in the net, which is the clear concern. Uh, but the prices reflect that, you know. Uh, for yeah. some reason, Connor Zari is at center, but like, you know, 2900 for that. Um, is pretty enticing and then Kadri, Huberto, you know, just NHL producers at too cheap of prices. Uh, that's interesting to me. Uh, how about Nashville though with DOC and yeah. Forsberg? I mean, it's really, I'm not sure how many pairings you could find on any slate that have the upside that these two have. It hasn't come together in an amazing amount, uh, too many. I mean, I think it's come together at least once or twice. I don't find it as something that I, I, I mean, again, there's not. A ton of spots. I mean, it was the last. It was actually last late where I got there, didn't it? Uh, Yosi didn't really get Yosi didn't. Okay, yeah, Forsberg did against Edmonton, but not Yossi. okay. So I was kind of right. Um, Forsberg's averaging eight shot attempts per game. Yosi up to seven shot attempts per game. They're not that expensive. The point I was kind of getting to, and we haven't gotten to all the stacks yet. There's still a couple pretty expensive ones. Definitely one. Uh, but it really doesn't feel. I mean, there's no McDavid. There's no Matthews. Uh, Jack Hughes is out. Like, there's definitely not a million places to spend all your cap. And there's plenty of very, very, very affordable, very highly correlated stacks to fit in. So maybe that helps get them somewhere close. Like maybe optimizers find them, but I'm going to be finding them. Um, I'm going to be finding this game in general. Like I I really think that the flames should be scoring more. Um, They finally potted six against the woeful Seattle Kraken. So I guess like that was for what it's worth, but like, you could really easily convince me to just play Yossi Forsberg, Kadri, and another defenseman on Calgary. I, I mean, you have a strong preference between Uyghur and Rasmus Anderson. It kind of feels a little bit like, wow, these guys both rock and they're about the same price and maybe Uyghur blocks more shots, but both on the top power play. Um, like it's super easy to just get like highly yeah. correlated upside I'm, pieces here. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with that question just because uh, Uyghur, you know, I think is, quote unquote, like the floor guy. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Raster Sanderson is definitely the player that I think is better. So, you know, I don't think you're playing both. Like, there, there's not enough. No. Uh, there's not enough really to, to play them both together, I don't think, uh, just with their prices. Um, but they are paired together at five on five. If you want to get crazy, you know, night slate or something, uh, I might consider that, but yeah, well, we'll see. Um, so yeah, I guess non-answer, uh, Rathras Anderson, but both are perfectly fine. Um, and on the Nashville front, uh, you know, Forsberg has been very good this year. Only has two goals. Um, when you look at like the uh, expected output uh, so far this year, like there's only a few players that are more productive than Forsberg has been that are sort of like, uh, quote unquote, underproducing their expecteds. Um, but, you know, it's Caulfield, Kaprizov and McKinnon on the slate. And just like Forsberg, they were ever so slightly uh, underperforming their expectation. Um, but Forsberg is a guy who, in his career has been a lethal shooter you know uh the, sh- the shooting percentage should sort of normalize back to uh, above four percent what he's at right now um so i like forsberg over yossi personally um because i think that there's cheaper uh viable d candidates yeah. that can that can beat yossi let alone keep up with him versus i think forsberg could put the slate away um so yeah, no, right. I think that's a good way to put it, honestly. Um, and, and it's what we saw against Edmonton, but I yeah, again, it kind of feels like uh that that is a pairing that's gonna absolutely destroy a slate, like both bonus, you know, shot bonus, mm-hmm. triple point, and it, it's gonna happen. Um, but as I was you know mentioning before, there are some expensive stacks. And if you're ready to get over to Pittsburgh and Anaheim, where we find our yes. our first expensive stack in Pittsburgh, um Crosby, Gensel real expensive uh rust the the last man in i i can't imagine riley smith has come off that top power play i guess i could double check here quickly didn't see anything in practice to indicate it uh with malkin um <laughs> no he will not going, let me, let me confirm price uh yeah carlson i mean like it, it, the pittsburgh's pretty expensive uh didn't we just see this matchup am i losing my mind uh, we did in Pittsburgh, and uh, the McTavish goats uh, came out victorious. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. I was like, I feel like I remember seeing a quote about how um, Pavel Mintikov or Mintikov or how do you say his name again? Minchikov. Minchikov. Like he didn't he like blow up the Tang or something? And they were asking him about it. I don't know. I just saw something. That guy's just been. I I, I mentioned it because he's been not only very productive, but all the analytics are pointing to this guy being like a really, really big potential star in the making. Like I, I really like watching him play. Um, the Lauren was up on that top power play. So it was Zegris, Terry McTavish. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and uh, Carlson Leo, that is, was not on that top power play. So if he's in or out, might not be on the top unit. Um, so I kind of cover this game as a very overarching view. At some point, I do think the well will break in Anaheim. I don't think this is here to last forever. This is, you know, I don't think this is a Stanley Cup contender by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but enjoy it or enjoy the ride, enjoy the vibes. Do you have any interest in either side here? And especially, I Pittsburgh. have a yeah, I have a lot of interest in both sides, and that's just because I want to continue uh, game stacking Pittsburgh games. Um, yeah. I think in this case, I would rather play Eric Carlson with some Anaheim pieces versus paying up seventy seven hundred for Gensel. You know, Crosby, Malkin, like these guys are priced like absolute superstars, and you know they are. But I think they'll also be owned coming off of their explosion against San Jose. Um, I imagine they'll. You know, I don't think the books are keeping up with Anaheim actually looking a bit better this year. Um, so I think I would rather, you know, save a little bit of money and play guys like Troy Terry, Mason McTavish, um, and then mix that in with Alex Kalorn because getting the top power play exposure through Kalorn at 2,700, yeah, he's not going to hit all that often, but he doesn't need to hit all that often to be really, uh, a good, uh, lineup filler at 2,700, um, and that just gives you more certainty that like, you know, Hey, I can play a good team alongside this game stack. I think Eric Carlson has a lot of upside. Um, and so that's sort of your way to fill up four roster spots, uh, not playing Minchikov, who I don't think has a ton of DFS upside, um, the way he's currently profiling at 4,600. Um, 
and you're still sort of saying, yeah, this game has eight, nine, ten goals scored in it, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of pace. Um, so that, that's how I would do it. But um, yeah, yeah, no problem playing Malkin Smith uh, either, for instance. But just a little too expensive for my liking. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it, it is definitely a game that I'm, you know, this is like a game I'm interested in the over in. You know what I mean? Like I like yeah. this game for goals. I'm definitely looking at point props and whatnot. So it makes a lot of sense. It it does feel, and I kind of you know alluded to even with Anaheim, but obviously with Pittsburgh, it's a little bit spread. Um, kind of you know maybe don't throw away Pittsburgh's last game against San Jose, but if you factor no, that what, in too much, honestly, you might... what what that game was was I mean obviously it's San Jose being terrible, but it was also Pittsburgh reverting to their mean. They were producing a ton of offense in their first nine games. They found the most ridiculous ways to lose them. Um, you know, including that Anaheim game, the the uh, the five on three fail where Carlson yeah. sends a pass across, gets picked off, and uh, McTavish gets a five seconds left uh, regulation winner, like just the most ridiculous shit imaginable. Um, they they were just doing that constantly, and they were getting tons of chances, tons of looks, not converting. Um, and that game was just sort of uh, all the regression baked into one. Um, so I would say, you know, don't overvalue that game, but also yeah. realize that Pittsburgh was playing very well. It's not just that one game that is them, you know, being an up-tempo, like, freak show of a team because they yeah. seem to be that so far. Yeah, no, honestly, that's probably the, the right okay. way to I, – I guess I mean, like, the um, like the 10 goal factor in that is, is maybe a little overblown, but, like, yeah, that, that was kind of what I was getting – like, they are really well, good. Yeah, well, thank you for telling me that I should not expect 10 goals here, but I'll settle for nine. Okay, All right, fine. Um, yep. New Moving Jersey, on. Colorado. Uh, lots of news on the New Jersey front. Uh, Colorado right now seems to have Druin back on the top line. Um, 2,800. Yeah, I don't I don't love that. Um, again, would rather play Blake Wheeler than freaking Jonathan Druin. Um, well, they, they both play the exact same role of uh, <laughs> no shots, had no minutes, <laughs> top line, power play two. Yeah. We love to see it. They were yeah. both well, just... Are they actually power play two? Because now that uh, Gerard's back, Juin, I, I think... And now that uh, Gerard's back, I think they're playing three D on the top or on the second power play. You mini gross mess. Well, fair enough. I guess Wheeler wins <laughs> this round again. Um, yeah, so you're, you're really telling me... Sh- how many it should be Colton. It should be Colton and Nichushkin. Um just as the power play two guys. So yeah, no Juwan. Um, what what were you what are you saying? How many shares of Blake Wheeler do you have in those bags? Are they packed? Am I just losing my mind? Uh zero. Ah, same. Okay. All right. So you're uh, you're not you're negatively biased against him and you still like him. Okay. I just want to I just want to make sure we're all yeah, getting because, get, get out there. Because like, we're I'm playing in... a one game DFS uh tournament, you know, we're we're playing a one game DFS league here. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that Blake Wheeler over the course of a season can suck while having a very good game at home on the top line against Detroit. So I will find the article um, if I need to. People were saying 60 points for Blake Wheeler. I I if I have to find it, but I, I'm gonna wait because now he's on the top line, so I'm ready <laughs> for the four point night. So I'm not yeah. saying a word until game like 80. All but right. okay. This game, um, let me cover New Jersey. Let me, let me Colorado. Uh, you know what to do. Just okay. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you know who to play. There, I, I did it. Okay, thank uh, you. New Jersey. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> I was like, is he really just going to keep going here? And I, yeah. Uh, McLeod is with Defoley and Brat. So if you want to spend all of your cap on Defoley and Brat to play with Michael McLeod, I mean Michael McLeod scored last game, but that's on you. Mercer, yep. Timo, and Palat. Didn't really do very well at five on five at all. Um, but Mercer scored on the power play, albeit the second power play, where they're still forcing Luke Hughes up there um to play with Timo, Palat, Brat, and Defoli on the top power play. So it was Palat that got the bump. I, I don't know why I thought like it just has to be Haula. Like who's gonna be taking the draws there? Um uh, it was not. So if you are a power play point better, again, I think Palat might be the guy that gets through and, and they don't really see it. Dawson Mercer's 4,100. I do think he is a premium play on this slate. Timo Mayer is 5,700. I think he's totally justifiable on this slate. Dougie Hamilton yeah. is, you know, 67. You know, getting a little bit pricey. We do have to remember this is Colorado. I know they didn't look, you know, world beating against Vegas. They got they got their, you know, their rear ends handed to them, but I'm not going to let that bias me too much. But yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's- cheap to play the second line here in New Jersey. 
And it's a difficult spot because we, we frankly don't really know who McKinnon will be going out against at five on five. Like I would imagine it's the Brat to Foley line. Um, but you know, theoretically Dawson Mercer is their best center, like offensively. Yeah. Um, and really what Colorado is, is they're just so uh like they're just so weak, uh like depth wise that like McKinnon just dominates so much when he's on the ice, but when he's off the ice, you know, they they really don't. So um it's it's like, you know, can you find a guy that's gonna play against the bottom six? Well, okay, then then have at it. But yeah, it, it's very uh you know, you're you're kind of guessing here and I don't like that that much. Um and I just don't think the upside here will kill you if you miss out on like, you know, Timo Meyer could go for 25 points, but you know, guess what? I think there's a lot of guys sub 6k that could go over 25 points. Yeah. Um and so I don't really feel obligated to chase him and pull out, you know, uh, and just hope that, you know, Mercer gets there somehow or whatever. It's just not really that interesting to me. But if I had to, obviously it would be NJ2 over NJ1 where they're all yeah. priced up like Jack Hughes is playing. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Really good way to summarize it. And now we get to the final and probably the most chalky spot on the slate. Of course. Yeah, obviously. Uh, no Sean Couturier for the Flyers. Um they have, uh, yeah, they have Cam Atkinson, Lawton, Tyson Forster, Joel Faraby, Noah Cates, Bobby Brink, and Travis Konechny, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett. Which one of those lines scores six goals? I don't know. Do all of them score two goals? Maybe. Is it more likely that the Sharks are just a normal bad team and allow four goals a night? Probably. And when you're splitting up these lines like this, I don't know. Like, am I really really going to fight ownership to pay 6,800 for Travis Konechny. I, I, I can't, I can't, you can't make me, you just cannot make me do this. Um, so yeah, that just, you know, there's the information, do with it what you will. Uh, clearly San Jose is on a terrible run of form, but is that going to last forever? Well, <laughs> survey says probably not, but maybe it goes for one more game. So, uh, well, any particulars on Philly side here? Yeah. I mean, I, I keep feeling like this Travis Sandheim stuff is just like pretty dumb and not going to last forever. Uh, he's 5,500 now. And I don't think the rates are all that good. I, I have to assume, but he is on the top power play. So I guess you can even call he, it that. Like, yeah. It doesn't, have it, Owen, it doesn't even have Owen Tippett on it. So like, you know, it's it, Cam York, Owen Tippett, like theoretically those should be your two guys, but this I'm not arguing torts is going to be torts. Yeah. It's just stupid. Yes. It's just, it's just a waste. Yeah. God. Okay. I, everything you're saying is correct. And I know you're mad. I, I'm just saying he played 29 minutes last game. He is on the power play. That's getting more run. Um, I could see like Forrester going under the radar as well. I, I really do like Tyson Forrester. The rates haven't been, all that good. I think he profiled a lot better than he's played so far this year. Doesn't take too many shots against San Jose though. So like, could you use this game as an opportunity to get some of your cap savings? I doubt that gets overlooked, but people that are paying 2,900 for one player on, you know, the flyers are probably going to play Morgan Frost. And I think that's wrong comparatively to playing Tyson Forrester. Personally, Um, you could pair him with York very cheaply and get power play correlation. I, I just think this Tyson Forrester guy could actually, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I just remember him profiling pretty no, he, well. And uh, yeah, he, so like, happen. yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're using Morgan Frost as a benchmark, like clearly the, the, the key with Frost is that he, uh, unless torts torts is, and you know, he loses his power play job is that Frost will get a key power play job alongside Travis Konechny here. Um, now we only have five and five lines from practice. So like, yeah, obviously the power plays could go into a blender coming off of a five, nothing loss. I have no idea. It's just the problem is with this team is that nothing is, nothing is fixed. Like Morgan Frost could be benched for two periods in this game. Like it, they could be winning and he could be benched. Like it's just so like, it's just so random. And I just really don't like those situations where I don't know what the correlations look like. I don't feel confident in the correlations that we do know about like sticking. So that's my, you know, that that's my warning signal. Now, you know, donkey yeah. fiesta assemble. Let's just jam in Pittsburgh jam in Philly, win all the money, you know, whatever. Um, but if I had to choose, I would probably just save money and go with Brink and uh, Forster 
And that's mostly because, like you said, Forster was pretty good last year. Um, he's looking rather unlucky so far this year. It doesn't look like he's great, but guess what? 2,900, like you said, don't need to do a lot to get there. Um, no. And then the third guy on their line, Noah Cates, is like a guy who's never going to get benched in any situation. Torrance no. absolutely loves this guy, and he's bad. You know, He's not going to put up the FS Knights all that often, but if you're playing his two line mates, you're betting on Philly scoring seven goals here. So like, you know, he kind of has to get there at 3,500. I, so, yeah, I mean, I will say, I, I will say as my final note here, I'm actively planning on not playing Philadelphia. And okay. if I survive, I survive. If I don't, I don't, but I, I did want to mention that note. Um, And we can hear just go, me yeah. out to San Jose to boss hurdle 4,800. Guess who else? is 2,900 and manning the point on their top power play. Jacob McDonald. Sorry, 2,700. That dude shoots. He shoots mm-hmm. a ton. He's going to be on the top power play. Um, I feel pretty confident in a mini stack of Hurdle and McDonald. If you need salary, you don't need to mess with, oh, well, do Claire remember how to shoot for another game? Like, you can play him. Sure, I get it. But even then, you're saving a 1,000 by getting uh, to... Uh, McDonald declares not with hurdle at five on five. It is Eklund and uh, Zetterland from practice today. So um, I think hurdles, obviously, you know, if you're saying, you know, let's get some leverage here, uh, hurdles your guy because, you know, San Jose needs him to be competitive. And then McDonald is just a way to spend the least amount of money to get uh, some pretty good fantasy upside. I think he also has time on ice upside here too, because he was playing on the third line. Or sorry, he was playing on the fourth line. Now he's up to the third line, getting that power play run for the first time. Uh, he went on like halfway through the last game. So uh, there is some upside here versus his game logs uh, as well. So there you have it. Some uh, some San Jose leverage for you to cap the show because we all know that uh, this is going to turn into the Discord uh, tagging me when Philly's winning 6-2 to two, saying, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, yeah, but guess who has 15 points? Jacob McDonald. So uh, mm-hmm. let's close things out. Yeah, I was going to say we should get to... Yeah. Are we just like not connecting or are you cutting me off? Like, I can't, I cannot tell. Is it my internet being bad or is it? It could be. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't okay. noticed there a significant lag, but maybe there is. Okay. Cause I feel like I was just about, like, I just started talking and you said something again and I'm like, it's gotta be my internet. Okay. Yes. Top stacks and yes. Guarantee goals. I was going to say you, you covered San Jose nicely. Um, I was, I was going to like, that was where I was transitioning. And then you started again. I was like, all right, you got it. You got it. Um, top sacks. What do you got? Okay. Uh, give me St. Louis one, Robert Thomas, Bruchnevich and Kasperi Kapanen. I think those are all good hockey players. They're way too cheap. And uh, like we just covered, like I covered them. I think that there's a lot of uh, Philly ownership that just loses, you know, teams like St. Louis here on the slate. And that allows me to spend up for some big money stacks. Okay, I'm going to go Minnesota one, Rossi, Kaprizov, and Boldly. Uh, yeah, it we covered it pretty thoroughly. Okay. Uh at the upper end, uh, let's let's do some crazy shit. Uh, McTavish, Frank Vitrano, um, seventy one hundred Vitrano. I, I just he's been so good this year. Um, McTavish is you know pretty expensive, but he's the guy who has a ton of prospect pedigree. It really seems like he's reached his final form. Um, so now that he's back on the top power play, presumably, um, Vitrano's not, but. You know, I'd rather play him over like Ryan Strom or whatever. And then you cap on uh, Alex Kalorn. You just say, hey, this game has, you know, eight, nine goals in it. We know Kalorn's a power play one fixture. McTavish should be a shot generator on that top power play. Uh, He was last year. You know, he was like top 10 in the league in shot rate on the top power play uh, for them last year. And then, you know, if you want a fourth guy, Eric Carlson, like I said, just play the best defenseman on the slate, in my opinion, at 6,500. You're saving some money off of the other high-end guys, and I think this is a great game environment for Mr. Eric Carlson. So there's my uh, final stack. Yeah, sorry, I was just... Wow, what? McDonald. Why am I not finding him in the player pool? Did I do something wrong? McDonald. I did, I did this. MAC. I don't... He's He's a winger. Oh, Okay. I thought it was why did I think he was a defenseman? Well he was, he's he's like a Brent Burns where he plays both, but okay. know, not that, nearly that, as good, of course. But that is I honestly I was just thinking about like 
I, I feel like I, I was kind of, I don't want to say cop out, but I was going to say like, I really like like doing the Minnesota three and then like a two, two, one, or, you know, like I might get different. Um, so I just, I really like that, that fourth red Yossi a lot. And I think you can play it potentially if you, if you really believe in yourself with Minnesota one, um, but then that kind of felt disingenuous because it's like, well, you know, you're, you're, so we talked about two really cheap stacks. There's probably more than two that I really like. So it's, you know, Paterka, Middlestad, or um, something on San Jose. So I'll just, I'll just go with um, Paterka, Middlestad, and Yossi Forsberg as like two, two, twos, you know, two, twos. Sure. Yeah. An interesting way to go, but uh, hey, uh, the man, uh, let the man cook and owe uh, him to glory. All right, for my first guaranteed goal, um, let's dip into this. Um, well, let's go with Tomas Hurdle, 4,800 max pain. <clears throat> yeah, that's a, that is, I don't, yeah. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go Tyson Forrester. I believe. I like that line too. I, I really did like it, it could come back to bite me when he plays like seven minutes or something absolutely stupid. But I really do think this, this is a guy that is going to get going. Um, last game he played with Tippett and frost and that him and Tippett just, I don't think they work together. I think he's going to, you know, Atkinson also is, can be a rate shooter, but I, I like this. I, I think this, this forest I can play. So I'm going to go real, real cheap with my first one. Uh, 2,800, I think he was. 2,900. Yeah. Yeah, 29. Okay. Uh, For my second, uh, I have 6,200 left. Uh, Matt Boldy is in your stack. Um, But no, no fear. Chris Kreider, top line Chris Kreider, 58 or 5,900, gets an assist from Mr. Blake Wheeler at 5 on 5, also scores a power play goal. Blake Wheeler, 5,900. Hashtag good play. You said Blake Wheeler, 5,900, but you meant Chris Kreider. And I I did give you. um, I did. Good catch. It's okay. I'm between two players here, and I know if I pick one of them, there's 0% chance he scores, and that's Kyle Connor. So I think I'm just going to go with Jake Ensel. Uh, for um, every reason you've already kind of said, I also just think it's honestly probably objectively better. Um, yeah, so I'll go Forrester Gensel, you go uh, Hurdle and Kreider, and I go play hockey myself. Uh, I'm you know, yes. plus Let's... plus 200 to score tonight, so jam the <laughs> under. Not just kidding, yeah, all right. Uh, let's, let's get out of here though. Uh, make sure you follow DJ though. Uh, if he does a slate walkthrough tomorrow, you will not want to miss yeah. it. Um, I will. Okay, so uh, he's at DJ Anderson Mitchell 94. I'm at Fake Moods. Uh, the podcast is at Morning Skate Pod. Uh, DJ retweeted basically all of the lines already that we have from Monday practices. So you can check out uh, Twitter there to get all the information that we referenced uh, throughout the show. And I Anything did it in order. I did an order by game. I tried to. Wow. So it should wow. be like Carolina Buffalo at the bottom. So once you see Buffalo, you're like, okay, I'd start now. Uh, and then I'll retweet everything tomorrow. Uh, and then I'll try to retweet it again in order if I remember. But th- this okay. is something that I know I really want to do, and I'm probably going to stop doing it in like three days. So someone at me in the Discord if they if they notice me slipping, it, it takes five minutes. It's super easy. Yeah. Um, I really want to remember because I think that's a really good just avenue for everyone to get the news easy. Okay. Well, uh, yes, uh, it is a service that uh, we are forever indebted to you for. All right, yeah. let's close right. things out. Thank you all for listening. Best of luck on this huge slate on uh, from from a DraftKings perspective. So, from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good slate, everybody, and we will see you.